All right. Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Hopefully you can hear me just fine. Uh, I can't hear myself very well. So uh, let's see. Just turn that up. There we go. All right. Good. Uh, you'll note I'm in my basement again. I just temporarily set up here in the old office um, so that I well, can have a successful internet day. Plus, I can't leave home. <laughs> uh, I need to be able to monitor the kids here today on my day off. All right. Um, our congregation of prayer today, we consider, we're still in Joshua, Joshua chapter 23 and chapter 24. And uh, tomorrow we'll hear the death of Joshua. Today is his farewell address. So much like uh, we heard from Moses, so we'll hear from Joshua. All right. I think we've got everything ready to go, so let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, our memory verse for this week is from John 15. Say it with me. When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. John 15, verse 26. Now our psalm this week is Psalm 97. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings lighted up the world, the earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before him, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the peoples see his glory. All worshippers of images are put to shame, who make their boast in worthless idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. O you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the life of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you, his righteous, are righteous. Give thanks to his holy name. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right. Just one second here. I think I look a little green. What do you think? <laughs> Let's see if I can look a little less green. All right. That's better. Our first reading today, I don't know what happened to it. There it is. First reading today is from Ephesians chapter Two. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, 
in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right, so Ephesians 2. Um, note that Paul is talking about um, both to his hearers and then about himself as having once walked um, in the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Now, you will note that Paul and, of course, the whole church in Ephesus converted um, either from pagan unbelief or from um, um, Jewish rebellion against God's uh, word of promise to faith in Christ, right? So he can speak uniquely maybe in a way that uh, many of us cannot um, who have... Uh, live most of our lives as baptized children of God, right? Um, that doesn't mean it's not true. It's still true for us. Um, just thanks be to God, it was a much shorter period of time <laughs> for us as infants, um, those who were baptized as young children. Otherwise, uh, if you were, if you did convert as an adult, maybe um, this gives you a little more insight as, as to what has happened to you now that you have faith in Jesus. All right. And then our reading for catechesis, Joshua 23 a bit, and then chapter 24. Now it came to pass a long time after um, the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua was old, advanced in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, for all their elders, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. See, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain, to be an inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. And Joshua said to the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him through throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess, but Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Also I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to what I did among them. Afterward I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, between, and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then I dwelt, or then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time, and I brought you into the land of the Amorites, who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan, and they fought with you. But I gave them into your hand, that you might possess their land. 
and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore he continued to bless you. So I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, who, which drove them out from before you, also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river, and in Egypt serve the Lord. There ends the reading. All right, some questions and answers as we do. Um, what is repeated here in verse 1, which we heard, uh, you might not remember from Friday. Remember back, uh, I should pull it up here. We, uh, was it Joshua 21, verse 45. Oh, of course, my computer signed out, because I had to reboot. It's been one of those days. Um, looks like there's actually some uh, significant internet outages throughout uh, the country. Um, and, of course, there's all sorts of conspiracy as to why, but uh, that's another story for another time. Let's see here. It's loading, it's loading, it's loading. Joshua 21, verse 45. Where is it? You can do it. Come on, computer. Ah, there we go. All right. Now I can run it. Joshua 21, verse 45. Sorry for the delay there. Um, all right, so... The Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. But I think here, I want to note actually verse 44, the Lord gave them rest all around. And you see that repeated here again in verse 1. The Lord gave them Israel rest from all their enemies. Why did Joshua summon uh, all Israel to him? Yeah, because he was growing old, <laughs> getting old in age, advanced in age. Um, how did he begin his sermon, which is here in verse 3? Yes, I am old, advanced in age. But verse 3, yeah, you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who fought for you, right? The great deliverance God had given them by defeating all their enemies for them. I think that's really key. All right, who was Terah? Skip me here to 20, chapter 24. Terah is the father of Abraham, right? And what did Joshua reveal about him? This is really helpful. This comes up again when Jesus is preaching to the Pharisees. They say, we're sons of Abraham. Um, they forget that, of course, Terah and his family, including Abraham, were on the other side of the river and worshipped other gods. Mm -hmm. The river being, which river? Yeah, it's the river Euphrates, right? So quite a, quite a bit um, eastward. Did Abraham decide to follow the Lord? 
what does it say? <laughs> nope. It is not, I decided to follow Jesus. No, it is, I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river and led him, right? Yeah, the Lord took him out of his unbelief. This is really important, of course, because it's what we confess about faith, which we will in a few minutes. Uh, what important point is being made in chapters 3 and 4 in particular? What is, uh, what is Joshua doing here? It's not just telling a history, right? But he tells the history for a very important reason. Right? Not that they, well, for one, so they don't forget it, but I think even more importantly, because everything there about Jacob and Esau and uh, Abraham and Canaan, all of that is actually God keeping his promise, that he's faithful to the promises of Abraham and is multiplying the descendants, just as he said, immediately, and of course, eternally, um, in Jesus. What pronoun, this is really, I think, pretty cool, in Joshua's sermon, what pronoun is, is repeatedly used here? Yeah, first person singular, I, I, I. Joshua is speaking on behalf of the Lord. And of course, who is responsible for all the blessings that they've received? Is it Joshua? No, he's just the, uh, the servant, or like Mary says, the handmaid. It's the Lord who's responsible for all the blessings, over and over and over. Right? Don't forget your history. Don't forget what God has done and given to you. Very key point. Why did the Lord aid Israel at the Red Sea? What does he say about that in particular? Brought your fathers out of Egypt. You came to the sea. The Egyptians pursued your fathers, chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. They cried out to the Lord and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians brought the sea upon them and covered them, right? He had promised salvation and in response to their crying out, that is their prayer, he wanted them to see the great salvation uh, accomplished according to the promise of his word. Um, now, the story of Balaam, which we just read not that long ago, you probably remember with the Balaam's ass, right? What happened in the case of Balaam? Well, Balaam did not, um, or the Lord would not listen to Balaam, but continued to bless Israel. How is God faithful in this? Uh, we should probably, this will help actually with a lot of this sermon, look at Genesis chapter 12. <clears throat> the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Right? So I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Right? Oh, this is quite quite important, of course, um, that God promised to bless those who blessed Abraham and to curse those who did not, right? So it does not go well for um, Balak. Um, according to verse 12, what did God send ahead of the Israelites? Look at that, a murder hornet. Did we ever, no, the murder hornet. Oh, they did get a nest of murder hornets. <laughs> but the, yes, a hornet that's sent before them. Um, in verse 12, uh, that story, um, I think we missed it. Did we miss it? We must not have talked about it. No, we didn't miss it. It's just interesting um, that Joshua calls someone a hornet there, like a hornet, I suppose. It's an allegory. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> 
uh, this is in, oh, this is from Moses speaking on behalf of the Lord. He says, behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Um, But if you indeed obey his voice and do all I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. All right, one more verse. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. We've said that before. And I will cut them off. Um, and then eh, we'll skip to verse 27. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come and will make your enemies turn their backs to you. Right? So yes, it's the angel of the Lord that he's describing there um, as a hornet. Is driving out the enemies. Well, you know that when the hornets fly or the bee or the um, uh, wasp, you know, everybody runs away. And that's what happens when the angel of the Lord comes. Was God faithful because Israel had been faithful? <laughs> uh, no, there's no mention of Israel, Israel's faithfulness. And of course, they're not, <laughs> which is why they wander in the wilderness. God is faithful to his word because he loved Israel despite their unfaithfulness to him. Uh, according to verse 13, what had God given them? This is really pretty cool. You know, given, gift language, land for which they did not labor, cities for, that they had not built, vineyards and olive groves they did not plant. All gift. They had done nothing, um, not to deserve it or, or even to uh, accomplish it, but received everything, including even victory over the enemies, at the hand of the Lord. Of course, that's true for us too, isn't it? Not. It's true for our salvation because we've been declared righteous uh, on account of Christ's shed blood um, apart from works of the law, as Paul makes quite clear. Uh, what like final exhortation does Joshua give then? What does he ask the Israelites to do in response to the Lord's grace and mercy? Yeah, fear the Lord and serve him. Right? Um, this is, of course, um, what we talked about in Bible study yesterday, for those of you who tuned in, um, the Sunday Bible study, you can watch it on YouTube, it's there, or listen to the audio on the podcast. Uh, in either case, mentioned how um, there is no repentance, there is no um, trust, apart from um, God declaring forgiveness, or in this case, dis- declaring all that he had done for the people. Their faithfulness, their service to him, is only in response to them knowing what God has already done, and that he's faithful to his promises. All right? Um, so it's, it's not like a carrot and a stick, but it's rather, here's the, here's the carrot. All right. And then you don't even need a stick after that. (laughs) Just walk with the Lord. Enjoy the carrot, (laughs) I guess. All right. Meditation on this text. Joshua ended his life with one last sermon. He appealed to Israel with the gospel. That is all that God had done on behalf of his people to save them in accordance with his own promises. The works of God are far more important than a discussion of the works of man. So, Joshua did not list all the rebellions of Israel. Only the faithful works of God. God chose Abraham by grace while he was still an unbeliever. By grace through faith, Abraham held fast to the promises of God and was declared righteous. By grace, God brought Israel out of Egypt and safely and safely to Canaan, even though they constantly complained and rebelled against him. 
let's see. And in the end, Joshua's only appeal was for Israel to cling to the Lord by faith alone. No other God had done a thing for them. As the Lord would later proclaim through the prophet Isaiah, quote, There is no other God besides me. Look to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. Isaiah 45, uh, verse 21 to 22. All right. Third article of the Creed now. We'll do the explanation. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives me all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. Yes, I see in the chat, think of, thinking about 40 years wandering, 1980. <laughs> it does put things into perspective, doesn't it? Well, I think Moses was called um, out of Midian. Uh, no, excuse me. See, so 40. There was 40 years before. Remember, we talked about the pattern of 120 years for Moses. Yeah, it was 40 years before that um, that he was uh, driven out into Midian, um, and there, uh, because of the murder or, or vengeance that he executed upon uh, the one who killed the, or when he killed the Egyptian, I should say. Yeah, so 80 years there. So that would be back to 1940. Incredible. Time flies when you're having fun. All right, let's pray. O Holy Spirit, who proceeds from the Father and the Son to give life and salvation to the world, and who together with the Father and the Son we worship and glorify as the only true God, receive our thanks and praise for proclaiming Christ to us through the preaching of the gospel and the gifts of the holy sacraments. Faith in Jesus, our Savior, hope in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, and love for God and our enemies are all your creations and gifts to us through the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. Preserve the holy Christian church among us through the faithful preaching of the gospel and the right administration of the sacraments of Christ. Bless the communion of saints, that every baptized Christian, sharing in Christ's love through the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name, might abide in Christ and bear witness to his love in all that we do and say. Give us firm hope in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting so that we might faithfully endure persecution for Jesus' sake and suffer all, even death itself, rather than fall away from him who gave his life for us. Hear us, O Holy Spirit, for you live and reign with the Father and the, Holy, and, and the Son, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right. We also pray today, this Monday, for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. We pray for our first responders, doctors, nurses, and all those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. Pray for an end to all fear, anxious thoughts, and constant worry. Pray for deliverance from all authoritarian, tyrannical, and dictatorial rule, and those who would restrict or censor our faith, as well as our rights to speech, press, assembly, and protest. Pray for our military and law enforcement personnel. We pray for all, um, all the pollsters and those responsible for recounts, um, for those judges 
and um, magistrates who will be uh, reviewing the elections and see um, their degree to which uh, there was lack of conformity to God's word, or excuse me, not to God's word, to the statute of the, of the state, uh, that uh, justice would be done and that freedom would be preserved. Pray also for those who celebrate their birthday. Yesterday was Mallory and Jim. Uh, yesterday, Stephen celebrated his baptism, and today, Brandon. Pray for those who are ill or recovering from surgery. God grant them healing according to his will. Marcella, Jan, Kelsey, Ron, Marlene, Brad, Janet, and Timothy. Pastor Lindau, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, Roger, and Steve. Pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Willis and Janice, and Mickey. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially uh, with the Federowitz uh, family, particularly Becca Deloach, and also um, our local mission, Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. O God, our refuge and strength, the author of all godliness, Hear the devout prayers of your church, especially in times of persecution, and grant that what we ask in faith we may obtain. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is the commemoration of Martin Chemnitz, or as one of my professors said, Chemnitz, just to be aggravating. Um, Martin Chemnitz, pastor and confessor. Aside from Martin Luther, Martin Chemnitz, 1522 to 1586, is regarded as the most important theologian in the history of the Lutheran Church. Chemnitz combined a penetrating intellect and an almost encyclopedic knowledge of the Scripture and the Church Fathers with a genuine love for the Church. When various doctrinal disagreements broke out after Luther's death in 1546, Chemnitz determined to give himself fully to the restoration of unity in the Lutheran Church. He became the leading spirit and principal author of the 1577 Formula of Concord, which settled the doctrinal disputes on the basis of Scripture and largely succeeded in restoring unity among Lutherans. Chemnitz also authored the four-volume Examination on the Council of Trent, 1565-1573, in which he rigorously subjected the teachings of this Roman Catholic Council to the judgment of Scripture and the ancient Church Fathers. The Examine became the definitive Lutheran answer to the Council of Trent, as well as thorough exposition of the faith of the Augsburg Confession. A theologian and a churchman, Chemnitz was truly a gift to God and to the Church. Yes, I have a whole, in my study, I have a whole, okay, here we go, whatever, wide, uh, a whole shelf of Chemnitz, uh, many, many, many volumes on pretty much any topic or any doctrine that you'd like to, along with uh, Paul Ger or not Paul Gerhardt, uh, Johann Gerhardt. Between the two of them, um, just phenomenal work, just and, and truly encyclopedic knowledge of the Scripture. All right, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, through the teaching of Martin Chemnitz, you prepare us for the coming of your Son to lead home his bride, the Church, that with all the company of the redeemed we may finally enter into his eternal wedding feast. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, our hymn for this week, stanzas one through four, uh, we sang as a distribution hymn yesterday and of course uh, connects well with the preaching on the forgiveness of sins, namely the gift received uh, through holy absolution in the church. Concludes our congregation of prayer for today, uh, November, what is it, 9th, 2020. So glad to have you with us. Um, I listened to a, an excellent 30-minute podcast this morning. Um, I don't know, I've linked to it before on Facebook. I'm probably not going to post very much on Facebook, given uh, the way that they're censoring everything now. Um, there's not much point, actually. You don't see it. But um, uh, it was the White Horse Inn, the White Horse Inn, which is... Um, a largely reformed podcast, although uh, historically had a Lutheran guest. Um, but they've been doing a series. They did two weeks in a row with uh, theologian Oz Guinness, who's, a, I believe, British. No, Australian. Um, and this most recent is talking about um, the church's response to tyranny and um, uh, authoritarianism in particular. And uh, he, it actually intersects very, very well with what uh, you heard in your sermon yesterday, at least for me, uh, on, on forgiveness of sins. 
And uh, I think we mentioned this in Bible study as well, is that the state has no forgiveness of sins, right? All it has is the rule of law. And when that is set aside, um, then uh, all we experience is power. So um, I'm going to link that um, podcast episode from the White Horse Inn. I'm going to put that on the church's Facebook page. Uh, I encourage you to go and listen to that. Um, And you probably subscribe to that Facebook page because that's how you get this. That way uh, you'll find it there more likely. Um, than trying to find it on my wall, uh, which has been shadow banned by Facebook so that you don't see things. Uh, yes, um, by the way, yes, I've had I've multiple pastor groups that I'm a part of that have been uh, either censored or um, deleted now by Facebook as well. So um, there's, a, there's a concerted effort um, to eliminate our witness in, on social media, media. and uh, we'll have to seek out other platforms that will allow for our free speech. So uh, beware of that as well. All right, Lord be with you all, and we'll see you again tomorrow.